The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4261 of The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. I am Andy Zaltzman, and this is a very special Bugle, because all other world news is as nothing this week to the official <laughs> God-slathered, divinely-primped, history-carving ensconcement of Charles III as our feudal overlord and master for all eternity this coming Saturday here in London. So this entire bugle is devoted to the re-establishment of feudalism in every soul of both the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth, <laughs> represented on this week's bugle, uh, well, representing the, the United Kingdom, uh, we have... Mark Steele, Mark, I know throughout your career you've been a slavish adherent of monarchy in all its forms. Some say too slavish, but yes. I think that the, the most important news of the week is whether or not the fourth valet of the equerry of the fifth constable of the Dover Dragoon Battalion Guards of the Sunderland Infantry of the 9th uh, moratorium of the 16th masturbating hedgehogs of the of the of the of the night order of the of the grand pelican of the commonwealth and all its subsequent subsidiary elements of interplanetary visionary perpendicular transformatory chandeliers will be stood behind or before the 15th <laughs> the 15th marmaduke of the Earl of Connecticut, <laughs> or just one pace to his left, right. and, you know. And I'm very much, I'm very much with the the tradition on this. <laughs> I might pop half thanks, Andy. I think that's all we have time for now. <laughs> well, there you hear the the voice of the Commonwealth from Australia. Um, I, 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 yeah, a, a, a lifelong supporter of the establishment in, in, in all its many forms and a particular love of being uh, having a head of state from 13,000 miles away. It's, it's Tom Ballard. Hello, Welcome Mr. Saltzman. Thank Hello. you ever so much for having me on your podcast. <laughs> I can't believe it. Me and all the other children are so excited about the big day. I've been saving up my pennies to donate to the monarchy so they can afford some more jewels. It's just an honour to be involved, in it? Hello, it's great, great to have you back. Um, it's been quite a while since you lost it, uh, did the bugle, and you've been... Been very busy. Well, we had our beef. We had a, a famous public beef, and oh, right. which we won't go into it now, but it was pretty toxic. And if people oh, right, read okay. The Sun, they know what went down, and they know what right. you f***ing did, and oh, yeah. they know that you apologised, and I'm, right. I'm the bigger man. I'm prepared was it a bit, to uh, a bit Johnny Depp and um, Amber whatnot? <laughs> well, I'm not sure it was quite the same. Did one that? of you shit in the other one's bed? <laughs> well, who's, who's to say? Yeah. You know? That's still sub-judice. Um Andy signed an NDA, so we can't go yeah, into it. I'm history sorry. will be the judge. Um, anyway, it's great to have you back, Tom. Water under the bridge. Um, uh, we are recording on the 1st of May 2023. Um, unlike most UK-based uh, broadsheet newspapers, we will only be devoting a mere 98% of this issue of our audio newspaper to the coronation and the elevation to constitutional godhood of our overlord and master, his stratospheric highness, Hyper King Mega Charles. Um, 
with the uh, well. So the, uh, we're looking not at the first of May when we're recording, but the sixth of May when the coronation will will be taking place. Um, and I should also say that you know we do always have a section in the bin on the bugle. The uh, entire coronation section can be thrown straight in the bin where it <laughs> belongs. But that is most of the show, so that's what you're getting is your your section of the bin this week. But why did they choose the sixth of May? Well, a number of reasons. Firstly, it's not the 30th of January when Charles I was executed in 1649. That's now considered an inauspicious date for kings called Charles to be milling around London amongst big crowds. Also, they chose the 6th of May, so it didn't clash with the World Snooker Final, as we record halfway through, tantalisingly poised at nine frames to eight to Luca Bressel over Mark Selby, uh, who scored the first maximum break in the, the final of the World Snooker Championship. So you can see why the monarchy didn't want to go up against such a major event as that. Also on the 6th of May, we had proof of the magicness of British monarchs in the year 1840 when it was discovered on the 6th of May 1840 that if you drew the face of a monarch on a piece of paper, stuck it on another piece of paper and wrote where you wanted that piece of paper to get to, it would magically appear there a short time later. Hence the invention of the stamp. Uh, these pieces of paper were quickly named, of course, after St. Ampulius, the uh, patron saint of taking bits of paper from one place uh, to another. Uh, and on this day in 1915, George Herman Ruth, a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, hit his first Major League home run. He went on to hit over 700 more and be- become known as the Babe. And Charles, of course, uh, is known as the Babe Monarch. He's aged just 74, making him the youngest monarch the UK has had for more than two decades. Um, So that's why they've chosen the 6th of May. So now it's time for our full Bugle Coronation Preview, also known as Know Your F***ing Place, Surfs. Um... (laughs) It's a very exciting time, um, Mark uh, uh, and Tom, uh, uh, particularly as we have all been cordially invited to take part in the coronation, which is, you know, usually beyond ordinary people such as us. But we've all been invited to join a chorus of millions in swearing allegiance to not only the king, but his heirs for all time. Now, Mm. I know this has been stated that this is optional, Mark, but I know that you will be down on your your British knees, paying homage to to the king on Saturday. Yeah, well, I was going. I was uh, I was offered a place right just behind uh, Emmanuel Macron. Yeah, and just to the right of Kim Jong Un of <laughs> North Korea. And uh, but and then someone's um, no, this is true. Someone's offered me a ticket for the Tottenham Palace that afternoon. <laughs> so uh, I've I've put my ticket on. Uh, Via GoGo, right? And um, yeah, I'm hoping to make four or five million from it. Who knows who's going to buy it? <laughs> I might just give it away and raffle it and see if yeah, like Terry good. from Bermondsey goes. Yeah. All right, all right, Charlie, son, <laughs> give Camilla one for me. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, right, my. However much you, uh, however much you try and lampoon the pageantry, can you get as far as this bit of reality? <laughs> Two splinters. Have you seen this? <laughs> Two splinters deemed to be from the actual cross upon which <laughs> Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was crucified one thousand nine hundred and ninety years ago are said to be 
placed in a Welsh cross, which is going to be brought into the Abbey during the ceremony, and they have been personally handed over by the <laughs> splinters from the actual. You fucking imagine someone came in and went, look what I've bought. Two splinters from the actual. <laughs> Who sold you that? In the market. In the market. This eighty also, grand for two splinters. Not bad, is it? Also, I mean, when you're being crucified, the last thing you want on top of the nails and the crucifixion is splinters as well. I mean, that's that's exactly, exactly. And uh, I think the Pope. You know, clearly the Pope's at some point now going. <laughs> the Pope ain't gonna fucking believe it. And, uh, <laughs> And a bit insulting, I think, given that the crucifixion... You know, if Jesus is looking down upon us now, if you're of a Christian faith and you believe that, then I think Jesus will be going, don't take the piss, that crucifix her, you <laughs> insensitive bastard. <laughs> and, of course, on top of that, it is absolutely clear what the Romans would have done with the crucifix, having just used it to uh, murder someone they saw as a threat and a dissident to their regime, what they would have done is thought, even though we've murdered him, there's no need in being insensitive. Let's preserve all the wood <laughs> because it might be that in 2,000 years' time, someone will want a couple of splinters from that to assist in their ceremony of a country that worships the bloke we've just crucified <laughs> and over 2,000 years the splinters have somehow been preserved like wood always does last 2,000 <laughs> years famously wouldn't they have done more crucifixions on that same cross or I didn't realise it was like you know people oh. finishing a TV show and people got just broke off like sections of the crucifix and took them home to keep them forever surely they had more crucifying to do you know he wasn't yeah. the only one yeah, but they would have stopped at some point. Yeah, Splinters, uh, get your splinters. <laughs> original Jesus crucifix splinters here. Um, uh, Tom, will you be uh, will you be swearing allegiance <laughs> to, to the king as the chorus of millions strikes mm. up around the world? It's a really good question, Andy. Let me think about this. <laughs> um... I don't think so. No, right. I really appreciate the call. I hear right. that and I respect that. I, it's really nice to be involved in this. I will be saying the coronation will be happening around about a 9pm on a Saturday night here in Australia. So chances are we won't be saying, oh, God save the Queen, we love him. We'll be saying things like, more alcohol, please. Or how about this football tournament? Or the monarchy is a load of old anachronistic anti-democratic horse shit, isn't it? Or, wow, this comedian Tom Ballard that we've booked tickets to see live is really top notch and people should come see him at the Edinburgh Fringe. That's the kind of Things people will be saying in Australia, actually. Right? Oh, yeah. Will you be doing a show during during that time? Will you be on stage? I suppose uh, people will yeah, be. probably. Oh, yeah, I am actually. I just booked in actually. Yeah, I'll be on stage. Yeah, yeah. I, assumably, it'll be deserted. No one will turn off. Everyone will be gathering around large screens in public spaces, celebrating and jerking themselves off. So, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the traditional Australian, this reverential way. <laughs> right, come on. Um, to jerk I have the oath. Off. He's, he's walking back. He's. <laughs> We reckon we've got about four minutes till he gets to the door. <laughs> You're going to jerk yourself off before he gets outside. Otherwise, it's it's disrespectful. 
this, I have the oath here that the Archbishop is going to uh, encourage people to get involved with. And if you want to hear this, they're yes. going to say, yep. All who so desire in the Abbey and elsewhere say together, I swear that I will pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to law. So help me God. We accept him, one of us. We accept him, one of us. Goobble gobble, one of us. All work and no play makes King Charles a dull boy. All hail imperial incest grandpa. Work makes you free, gentleman to evil. That's apparently what they want us to say. So. Um, so, I mean, this is, you know, it is going to be a chorus of millions paying homage. I, I was intrigued by, by the wording of this. You say, I, li- I like that bit. You say, Yo, so I'll pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to law. So help me God. Those are the words that struck me because, you know, uh, if you are swearing to pay allegiance to the as yet unborn children of a currently nine-year-old boy, I think you probably do need divine assistance. So those words, <laughs> help me God, I think are the most... The most apposite. He will be, uh, apparently, there's a number of new things in the the ceremony. The king himself is going to pray out loud for the first time, which is good, because we're going to know what he's actually praying for um, <laughs> and in what language. Um, although, of course... We, we I, hang get... on, isn't it like a birthday wish if you say it out loud and people find out? Doesn't it not come true? I think that's the problem with, with, with prayers, actually. Mm. Uh, and I don't know, the in, in Westminster Abbey... I don't know what the what the stats on prayers there are. I think it's only around about I don't know six percent of prayers said in Westminster Abbey actually get answered by God. So um, wow. we'll see that's if that's uh, if he can. Oh bump God! That it must be like a call centre now. There must be because <laughs> the population of the earth so much more than when it was when all this stuff started in biblical <laughs> times. It must be like oh, they must be just going everywhere, mustn't they? People, <laughs> your just prayer go, is oh, important to us. Yeah, please, yeah, please exactly. <laughs> Um, you are, yeah, you are number 7,254 in a queue. Oh, for f- sake. I, uh, you, uh, the, the, the guinea pig's just going to have to die, I'm afraid, darling. <laughs> the, uh, the service will be Christian. Uh, it will be a Christian service, as always, but it will involve religious leaders from other faiths, excitingly, including uh, Druids, Satanists, Jedi, Scientologists, <laughs> Scientists, that's all hocus-pocus if you ask me, Crystal Palace fans, and Boris Johnson, whose faith in oh. his own divinity is arguably the purest and most fundamental religious force yes. ever unleashed on these isles. Um, Ooh. This was, I thought was interesting. The king is going to be, he will receive a greeting from Jewish, Hindu, Sikh, Muslim, and Buddhist leaders. And the Buddhist leaders are expected to perform their ancient tradition of sucking on his tongue, which is a sign of great respect <laughs> in Buddhist, Buddhism. So I think that'll make yeah. for a beautiful visual. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, because the- in, in a previous life, King Charles was a lollipop. <laughs> so yep. the Dalai Lama will be. Um, Quite within his rights to yep. give him a lick. In, in fact, open. the the uh, hit song "My Boy Lollipop" uh, by was it M- Millie, Millie Smalls? By Millie, yeah. Uh, that was written about uh, the young uh, the young Prince Charles. Yeah. The Archbishop of Canterbury, ABC himself, mm. uh, who of course is the eponymous star of the famous Jackson Five song, um, ABC about uh, about the head of the Anglican Church and his devotion to the Holy Trinity. Uh, he said that the coronation would recognise and celebrate tradition as well as containing, quotes, new elements that reflect the diversity of our contemporary society. So presumably that diversity includes monarchy sceptics. So look forward to uh, uh, the, the entrance of the, the, the Republicans and the feudalism sceptics for their ceremonial call of bullshit in a new part of the uh, coronation that shows how the institution is able to adapt and evolve to the modern world. You think uh, he believes in God, the Archbishop of Canterbury? He seems like quite a, quite a thoughtful chap. 
Yeah, I don't know. Really. I think he sort of sits there and says, "I, you know, every night and goes, oh, is this not all bollocks? <laughs> I'm in too deep now to... <laughs> I can't retrain. I've got no transferable <laughs> skills. <laughs> it will be very modern. There's going to be female clergy will be involved oh, yeah. in the service for the first time after the Church of England allowed women to become bishops in 2014. That is, of course, the year when women prove themselves worthy. You know, fair play. They put in a lot of hard work. They lifted their bishop game and they were finally rewarded in 2014, which just goes to show, ladies, you can do it too. And I think it's a great... I know that Andy was opposed to that decision, but I think it's worked out, and I think let's just wait and see how it goes for this coronation, Andy, and just reserve yep. your judgment until you see okay. the ladies up there doing their thing, okay? Right. I'll, I'll, I'll be as, as open-minded as I possibly can. <laughs> um, the uh, Archbishop of Canterbury will proclaim God save the King, at which point everyone mm. will uh, have to respond, God save King Charles, long live King Charles, may the King live forever. Now, I mean, this is Brexit Britain written all over. If nothing else defines us in the 21st century, it is our continual willingness to set ourselves delusional and unattainable goals. Um, and, you know, even, I mean, look at the evidence. That's even, not, is that true? Yeah, may the king live forever. Yeah, but, but, they, but they, have we learned nothing from Greek mythology? Uh, the Eos and Tithonus myth. You know, you don't wish someone eternal life without also wishing them eternal youth. I mean, he's already... You know, a saggy-faced seventy-four-year-old. If he lives forever, it's—I mean—the coins are going to be a fucking nightmare. Aside from anything, how do you get that much wrinkle on a coin? I'm not sure. I'm just not even sure it's possible. Um, oh, What's going to be cool, though, is if you're watching the uh, coronation on a screen at that point, you say, "May the king live forever." Then a sports bet option will pop up, and you can actually place a bet <laughs> on whether or not you think Charles is going to make it to Christmas. So yeah. I think that's a Ray nice Winston. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to live forever? Go on, have a bet. What's the matter with you? You've got 10 quid in your pocket. Go on. What's coming up on the screen now? I guess, um, in a way, though, being a monarch is quite equivalent to eternal youth and that you never have to do your own cooking. You have people helping you get dressed. You don't have to go out and get a proper job. And when you dress up in fancy dress, people go, oh, how sweet, rather than calling you uh, an idiot. So that's essentially uh, what it is. Um, so in Australia, Tom... Um, what's the state of the monarchy? Because it's the last referendum on whether to to retain your your medieval feudal overlords was what in the nineteen nineties? Is that right? Nineteen ninety nine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Australia was given the chance to replace the queen as our head of state. We would have a president, but the model was terrible because the model would be chosen by Parliament. You know, the universally popular. Uh, institution of parliament and the prime minister could remove the president at any point at his own whim. So it was, of course, put to the people by ultra-conservative constitutional monarchist John Howard as an election promise. He said, yeah, I guess we can have the vote. And, of course, did everything he could to shoot it in the face. And now <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and do you, I mean, how long do you think it'll be before there's sort of a you know unstoppable momentum towards at least another vote? Is that coming? I think maybe two or three centuries. I think I think oh, that's right, when okay. Australia Pretty will soon. really sort of start yeah. to. We couldn't get rid of plastic bags, okay? We can't get rid of the money. We we couldn't get rid of fucking neighbours. All right, neighbours had a thirty-seven year run, and it came to an end. And we said, okay, t bye neighbours, time for something new. And then Amazon came in and said, no, we need some more fucking neighbours. It needs to keep going forever. Covid, you wedded... you're still hanging on there with Covid when the rest of the world's. Running about quite happy. 
Yeah. We like hanging on to things around yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. That's the way we work, yeah. But we're just amazed at all the incredible regalia. Like, you know, I think yeah. it, it, like support for the monarchy went up when the Queen died, I believe. Um, people just do love the pomp and circumstance. They love all that kind of magical, mystical Game of Thrones shit. And the stuff that they're going to be presenting the king with at this thing, the sovereign's orb, the sovereign's scepter, the sword of temporal justice, the stone of destiny, the oven mitts of righteousness, the belly button ring of dominance, the slippers of noncery, the sunglasses of caution, and of course, the skull of Barry Humphreys, I believe, will be presented to the king. It's all starting to make sense now. Um. Yes. Yes, and he won't appreciate any of it, will he? Oh, so much as a bloody unwrap. <laughs> I tell you what they should... With the Republicans, they should introduce a new tradition. I think the coronation should be like a wedding, and there should be a point where the Archbishop says, if anyone objects to this coronation, speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> <laughs> and every Republican across the Commonwealth can say, F*** off, this yeah. sucks. And then you'll get various people like Liz Truss who go up so insulted. We've only been invited to the evening event. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's, you know, they say, they say you know, part of this, this oath, people around the world will be asked to cry out and swear. You just need to end it there before adding the words allegiance to the king and you've got, you've got your opportunity to <laughs> express yourself. Are um, you getting a day off at least? Do you have a long weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay yeah. off. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's essentially why we keep the monarchy, so we get occasional extra days off. I mean, that's 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 really all the British public wants, is the promise of more uh, bank holidays. Yeah, you get there'll be lots of, but they'll holidays. replace all the other ones, and they're all they'll all be monarchy related. So there'll be the day uh, the day that the new that Prince George has his first shit, not in a nappy. <laughs> That'll be a bank holiday. He's nine. <laughs> Is he? Oh, right. oh, I'm sorry. I only know that because I had to look it up for the bit I did earlier on about him being nine. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry to have insulted the monarch. That probably, I probably could be executed for treason now <laughs> for not knowing he was nine. Well, that's um, the other thing, Tom, that it's been, I don't know uh, uh, how much this has been true in Australia, but here, the big story up until now with it has been, is Harry and Meghan coming? Is Harry and Meghan coming? She's not coming. She shouldn't be allowed to come. The little huzzy, who does she think she is coming over and marrying our prince, not knowing how to curtsy, probably the old four, <laughs> all of that. So, uh, and That's just I've, the Guardian. Yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> And Prince Andrew is going, definitely Prince Andrew. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course he's got to go. Oh, my lordy Lou. Yeah. And there will be uh, staff from the NHS. I thought this was a really nice touch. They're setting up stands outside Buckingham Palace to inviting people to come and watch it, including veterans and NHS staff. And I think that that'll, that won't be awkward at all. It'll be like, yes, NHS nurses, we don't have enough money to pay you properly for your vital work. What we can do is give you free tickets to watch an old man and a woman ride past you <laughs> waving in a golden carriage before he is showered in jewels. What do you think? What do you reckon? Well, yeah. I mean, the, for the, the workers. The, the whole coronation procession is um, going to be a more accurate reflection of 21st century Britain. The uh, king, as he drives through the streets, thronged with his uh, subjects, will hold out his crown from the golden carriage so people can put their small change in it to mirror the flow of wealth <laughs> towards the already wealthy by which this country is now defined. The red arrows... Um, 
uh, aerial acrobatics team. They will fly over and leave uh, smoke trails in red, white, and blue, spelling out the words "suck it up, plebs." So, I mean, it is it is very much a, a more modern. A more is there going to be a, Is there going to be an invasion of somewhere to mark the day? Oh, that'd be nice. hope so, but I imagine Norway they, or something like that, or yeah, go. they probably haven't announced where it's going to be yet. Otherwise, you lose the element of surprise, tactically, yeah. don't you? So I guess we'll have to wait. And there they go. I know it's all done. <laughs> there they are. There's the third equerry now, firing, firing a flamingo from a cannon, and that <laughs> that that marks the uh, the RAF's invasion. And now we can reveal where it is. There it is. They're going. We're going to invade Belgium. There it goes. <laughs> I, I, I'm quite surprised by the uh, recent opinion polls and so on that suggest that there is a very steep decline in support for the monarchy. Right. Uh, originally, when the Queen carved it, it went up, but now it's it's gone the other way. I think that was you know this was the subject of a phone in on Radio Five last night. Because I mean, if, if you know support for the monarchy does drop below fifty percent during the service, there will have to be a president installed <laughs> instead on the spot. Um, so I don't know who that. I don't know who that. I would love be. that. Trump. I've watched Trump's I've watched available. A fair bit of, <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a fair bit of the Crown, and they're always talking about opinion polls and what does the public think. All I'm right. like, why do you give a shit? You're not, <laughs> this is not a democratic process. You literally rule over all of them. They're your subjects. Why do you give a shit about their opinions? Come on, lean in. There'll be some wonderful merch, as there always is on these occasions. There's a special gold £74 coin being minted to commemorate the king's <laughs> age. Um, and emblazoned on this coin, three Latin words chosen by King Charles to represent his values and his status, to mark his devotion to the institution of monarchy. The word in Latin for crown, that's corona. Then the word for with power, acknowledging his God-given right to rule over us. That's the ablative of the word vis, so that's vi. <laughs> and to signify his love of the rural life, uh, the British countryside uh, and the environment, the Latin word for countryside, rus. Uh, so uh, those coins should absolutely fly off the shelves. And looking in further detail now, we've received exclusive uh, information on exactly what the ceremony will involve. Of course, a key part uh, is the uh, Apologia Incenserita. That's a procession of peoples uh, that the king will be ceremonially asked to apologise to on behalf of the nation for historic wrongs perpetrated by uh, Britain. He will then hold up his hand in symbolic refusal and extend the middle finger of destiny whereupon the congregation will all shake their heads. Uh, Charles will, according... Uh, Charles will, contrary to some rumours, sadly not become the first king to lead the coronation congregation in a rendition of Gloria Gaynor's 1978 hit I Will Survive. However, the Westminster Abbey organist will play a specially arranged, special arrangement of Groove is in the Heart by D-Light as the recessional. Um, the rehearsal for the coronation procession uh, is traditionally done using a stand-in look-alike of the new monarch who is then humanely euthanised in order to avoid that person sharing the secrets of what goes on behind the scenes when the Archbishop of Canterbury and the monarch disappear uh, behind a special screen for some weird arcane part of the ceremony that no one's ever allowed to see, talk about, or think about. And the king will, of course, receive his crown whilst kneeling upon the sacred cushion of the thatch. The filling of the cushion uses hair from every monarch since Ethelbertha the Uncertain in 926 AD. The hair is traditionally taken from the monarchs. That cannot possibly be true. <laughs> the key part, of course, of the uh, coronation is the official snivelling. Uh, that's uh, part of the coronation dating back to the time of Edward I. It will be performed this year by Conservative peer Viscount Platterstone, <laughs> who was voted the most obsequious member of the House of Lords in a hotly contested uh, contest. 
The tradition, of course, began when Edward I offered land and grazing rights in what is now Wimbledon to the nobleman who paid him the most fulsome tribute on occasion of his coronation in 1924. Uh, that was where uh, what was then the uh, known as the Central Court uh, took place in the tennis <laughs> arena, eventually built up around it. Um, Viscount Platterton will snivel before the king whilst holding beneath his chin the solid gold Droulard de Monroy to catch any droplets of saliva that should fall from his ennobled lips during the snivel. The snivel itself will consist of a specially written poem by Platterstone himself about the king's sumptuous cheeks. And the traditional least complimentaire de magnificence du roi nouveau, composed, of course, by 14th century courtier Alphonse de Gravel, uh, which has praised every incoming monarch since Richard II in 1377. Uh, the list of compliments in the least complimentaire include praise for the new monarch's wisdom, mercy, justice, sweetness of breath, perfection of posture, tight glutes, ripped abs, and phenomenal natural rhythm. Uh, <laughs> we will also have... Of course, uh, the traditional measurement of the royal appendagio, uh, in which the royal, in which the coronatee uh, Charles will have his trousorial membrino and testruccios officially measured and weighed by the Bishop of Weltsbury. This, of course, will take place for the first time since 1937. Will this be the year that Henry II's records are finally broken? Uh, sadly, we'll never know as the results are not made public and, of course, the plaster cast remains secreted away in the family vault at Windsor. Um, uh, one interesting... Uh, How are they going to fit all this into two hours, Andy? It's going to be a nightmare. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> One uh, interesting aspect of this year's ceremony is, um, uh, of course, C Camilla, who has been um, made queen, uh, contrary to uh, uh, expectation, um, and slightly controversially. And, um, in fact, Charles and Camilla will be ceremonially fused um, into a single transgender panmonarch to be referred to as Their Majesty, uh, which is uh, a, a concession to the woke community of the Commonwealth. Uh, due to a mix-up, the committee for organising the coronation of the king, also known as the... Um, um, the, the committee. The committee failed to book the buglers to toot brassly during the king's entrance to the abbey. Instead, this episode of the bugle will be played out on oh, the public no. address system in uh, Westminster Abbey. And of course, the, finally, the big speculation centres around what hand signal Charles will waggle at his adoring nation from the B Buckingham Palace balcony. Would he go for a heart sign, a Hawaiian shaka? The sign of the horns, double thumbs up like his hero, the Fonz, formerly, of course, Lord uh, Fauntleroy. Uh, or will he do an, a traditional wound up, gradually wound up middle finger, uh, which had a, a different meaning, of course. It comes uh, symbolic of King Alfred pulling the holy sword Excalibur from out of Stonehenge whilst hiding in a tree. All these traditions <laughs> coming together gloriously on a significant moment for modern Britain. And they would... They would, uh, the commentator would treat all of that with utmost their the <laughs> testicular cast <laughs> being brought in by the fourth paedophile of Hartlepool. <laughs> there they go now. Lower down. Setting fire to the car. badgers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ah, and the, the uh, Lord <laughs> Provost of Oswestry there placing the firework up the dolphin's arse. <laughs> In a dance as old as time, showing Britain that it's There it goes. There it is. And the Australians <laughs> are masturbating now <laughs> and are ejaculating as the crowd is going. Yes. In the uh, in yes. <laughs> Synchronise, <laughs> and the queen can, uh, the new queen can watch that across 
from it's with a, from satellite pictures from space as they masturbate across Australia, <laughs> spelling the words "Long Live the Queen" across the desert <laughs> with with the eye, the dot of the eye being Ayers Rock at the top there. What a wonderful picture it is. A wonderful patriot. And as the world burns and children continue to live in poverty, the golden jewels is given to the man who has billions of dollars in real estate. <laughs> and we celebrate this tradition. I did. But my in town series last year, I went to the Isles of Scilly, uh, which was uh, just an utterly glorious sort of few days I'd out there. Uh, and one of the things that I was... Absolutely astonished with this is uh, uh, they absolutely hate him there because <laughs> the Isles of Scilly is still I don't quite know exactly how this works. Obviously, the whole of Cornwall is the Duchy of Cornwall, which is sort of owned by Charles, but the Isles of Scilly is owned by him in a different way, so that if you want any. Uh, substantial work done on your house, like a loft conversion or something, you have to apply to the Duchy of Cornwall. And quite often, you, the permission is refused. And if a number of people told me this, and I couldn't believe it, but it went out in the programme and nobody complained. So I think it's true that if, you're, if the value of your house goes up uh, by any substantial amount, then part of the increased value has to be paid to the to king charles the isles of Scilly is spelled with a c after the uh, the essas little islands off the the extreme uh, southwestern tip uh, of uh, of cornwall whereas you might think the uh, the isles of the isles of Scilly is just a more appropriate name for the uh, united kingdom yes, <laughs> exactly. the other thing <laughs> this is uh, the other uh, this is my favorite thing about the isles of Scilly. so the the because there's only a couple of thousand people there on five different islands. So if the boat doesn't come, then you just go without. And on, the boat doesn't come on a Sunday, so there's no Sunday papers. And someone told me that they were in the newsagents one Sunday, and there was a holidaymaker in the newsagent in front of them, who said to the newsagent, uh, I'll have a daily paper, please. And the newsagent said, do you want today's or yesterday's? Uh, <laughs> and he went, he said, today's. So he went, well, you'll have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, well, we will have a full exclusive review of the coronation um, and any major changes to the nation that are brought about by our spiritual, uh, maybe even sexual awakening uh, during the coronation uh, on Saturday uh, next week. Other news now. Well, uh, it's not just the coronation of a of a seventy four year old man that's making news around the world. Uh, if you were one of those people who've been thinking recently, tell you what, the ordinary people of Sudan have had it too good for too long, then <laughs> you will have enjoyed the last week or so. And if you're also one of those people who've been thinking we need to balance out the Ukraine chamozzle with a nice big civil war in the third biggest country in Africa, again, great times. Uh, it does seem that civil war is erupting in Sudan. Uh, not for the first time, a uh, ongoing spat between the army and the Rapid Support Forces paramilitary group. It's, it's a tough one as a neutral, not sure who to root for. Um, it follows a classic pattern. The president was ousted in 2019. There was a military coup in 2021. Now two rival military forces have been trying to share power. Sadly, the everyone lived happily ever after in peace and harmony bit of the story has once again 
not materialised for whatever reason, just bad luck uh, generally. Uh, I mean, it continues a bit of a, a bad run for uh, Sudan since becoming an independent nation in the mid-1950s after several decades of, um, shall we call it, involvement by a certain European imperial, um, can we say partner? Uh, since then, uh, Sudan has gone through the First Sudanese Civil War, the Second Sudanese Civil War, the South Sudanese Civil War, the war in Darfur, and various other conflicts, including the 35 years and still going Lord's Army Resistance Insurgency. So in around 67 years of independence, Sudan has already had roughly 115 years of conflict. Um, so the poetry must be sensational, but I imagine most people are probably wearying of it. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it is, uh, I guess, another one of those stories that it's probably best not to think too hard about because uh, the implications are f***ing terrifying, aren't they? Where well, these things usually sort themselves out. <laughs> oh, God, thanks for that reassurance, Mark. <laughs> I don't like sticking my nose in other people's affairs, you know. I don't, they, until they call me and ask me to sort it all out, I feel like, <laughs> you know, there are people probably locally the best place to get involved in to resolve what you described as a spat. And I'm pretty sure there are some people with some more expertise close to the action than me. I don't know anything. I, I know so little about uh, Sudan or what's happening there at the moment. South but, um, Sudan is, is an independent country now, yes. isn't it? So, yeah. so are they part of this? I, uh, I don't know. Like Tom, I don't know too much of the the details i mean what the, the really striking you know, been... this is brilliant this is what the news should be like when yeah, they have the news night they could go well the, the uh, many of us have seen the appalling pictures from sudan and are greatly moved by it with us now to discuss it as a group of experts so uh, what do you think has caused this do you know what i haven't really paid any attention because now also is professor of, <laughs> professor of central african studies uh, so, uh, so, so Arnold Bitumen. What are you? So <laughs> South Sudan is that involved in? Oh, you know that completely slipped my mind. South Sudan, like, not the foggiest idea. Well, well, you say this, Mark, but last week, Suella Bravman, our, our Home Secretary. Uh, or to give her a full title, her Home Secretary for whatever f***ing reason, um, she <laughs> was asked in a, a, a Home Affairs Select Committee meeting if she could explain how a hypothetical teenage orphan fleeing persecution could legally arrive in the UK to claim asylum. And she's the Home Secretary, mm. and she could not say how asylum seekers could enter the UK legally. She didn't answer, couldn't answer how many judicial reviews have been launched against the Manston Migrant Centre, and she wasn't entirely sure whether migrants could then be forced to go to Rwanda under her uh, shit-for-brained <laughs> scheme. So... So this this culture of ignorance, really, that is, mm. you know, instilled by from the very very top. It's you know, it's part of our national culture that you know, even the mm. Home Secretary, who has you know responsibility over the the issue of migration, and they, has ruled out safe routes for asylum seekers from Sudan because I don't know. Look over there, there's a brightly coloured pheasant. Um, uh, even she could not answer uh, with any degree of accuracy so you know this this sort of ignorance uh, of uh, of the brief is is that's a part of our national culture that that if for her to say to her to have the faintest idea how someone from sudan could claim legally asylum in this country despite that being pretty central to a brief as home secretary for her to offer any answer so that would be as surprising as if you had a hamster on university challenge <laughs> and it answered a whole series of questions about 19th century chemistry 
while simultaneously railing against wokeness and explaining how wokeness is responsible for all the, all the questions that she got wrong. Yes. Um, but in terms of the evacuation of uh, of expat communities in in Sudan, there, were, there, there is no global issue that cannot be reduced to an argument between European countries. And um, Germany and France accused Britain of, of hampering their efforts to to extract their, mm. their civilians. There have been complaints from Sudanese people whose passports were locked in Western countries' embassies in Sudan that had just been abandoned when everyone left, leaving them stuck in uh, in a war zone. So, it, I mean, even though Europe has, I, I guess we can fairly say, scaled back its involvement in uh, <laughs> in uh, uh, areas such as Sudan, we still manage to find ways of f***ing things up in in whatever way we, we possibly can. Uh, yeah, yeah, quite. And I feel, well, I would imagine that when Suella Braverman finds out that Sudan's in Africa, she'll go, well, isn't Rwanda around there somewhere? Can't they just... <laughs> Can't they just walk straight there rather than come all the way here and then be sent back there? Um, me, 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 isn't it? I think we might have to edit that bit out, Mark, because if they hear it, that that will become policy. <laughs> so. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Beagle. As I said, we will have a full review of the coronation next week. In the meantime, uh, Mark, have you got any... Uh, Shows to plug live or oh yeah otherwise. yeah well I'm sort of live on top. What am I, where am I doing that you can come to Brighton uh, on the third of June? Come to that Theatre Royal uh, uh, and oh where else Lancaster? So where have I got left? I don't know. You, know. you might have to look it up. Swindon, that's <laughs> a huge place. I won't fill that up. Uh, I mean, not the whole of. I'm doing. Yeah, they booked me in for the whole of Swindon. I thought well, I won't. Fill, I might fill up the first seven streets. But there's a, some estates at the back of Swindon, you know, right. heading out more towards sort of Hungerford on the on the east side. Right. That does suggest that they're evacuating Swindon to allow you to do your gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's very nice. That's a tough sell. Um, yeah, uh, uh, oh, and where else? Croydon, still a few left that Fairfield Halls and uh, oh, somewhere else. Warwick Arts Centre. Oh, that's a nice one. On uh, and 30th, you have your, your podcast as well? And a podcast of what the f*** is going on, so I'm very sorry for the swearing. It wasn't my idea. <laughs> uh, Tom, plug away. Uh, people in Australia can see my show, It Is I, at the Sydney Comedy Festival and the Brisbane Comedy Festival. Just two big two shows left in big venues there that could definitely uh, do with some more people in them at this stage. Um, that would be great. And British people, I'm coming to your wonderful country. I'm performing at the Edinburgh Fringe. Tickets are on sale now for some f***ing insane reason. Uh, that's <laughs> It Is I at 6.10pm at the Monkey Barrel for the whole bloody month. Please come along. Oh, that's a great venue. It's so good. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm stoked to be coming back there. It's good news. There you go. Consider those plugs plugged. We will now play you out uh, with more contributors to the Bugle Voluntary Subscription Scheme to join the Bugle Wall of Fame or to give a one-off or a current contribution to the Bugle Fund to help keep us free, flourishing and independent. Go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button. Continuing our coronation theme, this week's Wall of Fame Volonto subscribers have all conducted extremely important scientific research into coronations. Adam Denning calculated that crowns are statistically the least efficient form of headgear ever invented. Adam explains they don't provide protection, warmth, hair control, shelter, shade or even a special straw for drinking. 
David Thomas similarly calculated that thrones are a low-grade form of seating when it comes to practicality. They don't make the thronee any wiser or more prone to make sound decisions, says David, and they're less comfortable than a cheap second-hand armchair. Stepan Pilar, apologies for multiple mispronunciations, conducted a cost-benefit analysis that concluded that the new monarch should simply log in on a special website at the start of their reign and log out again if ever they wanted to abdicate instead of this expensive rigmarole. It's the 2020s, notes Stepan, it's standard workplace practice. Further to this, Brendan Gage has developed a special computer program in which loyal subjects can watch a CGI monarch of their choosing from history being crowned whenever they wanted, and just click a grovel button to pay appropriate obeisance at a time of their convenience. Monica Milka has developed a further add-on to Brendan's program whereby people can even design their own monarch, like you can design footballers on those games console football games. It's got a potential 2.4 billion different permutations of crown, regalia and wieldable accessories, boasts Monica. James Davies calculated that if coronations provide a boost to the economy, as everyone says, it would make sense to have the monarch rotating on a month-to-month -month basis with a coronation on the second Saturday of each month. And Jim MacArthur adds some numbers to this, working out that the bunting industry alone would give Britain the highest GDP of any nation in the world, and laments, you cannot build a solid business plan around a once-every-70-years event. Owen Alexander found after considerable research that a monarch proves just as monarchicus, for good or bad, whether they wear a special cloak made of dead animals costing thousands of pounds at their coronation, or a ten-pound witch's or wizard's outfit from a novelty costume shop. And finally, Martin Neville similarly conducted some laboratory research on scepters and discovered that these so-called sacred supersticks do not in fact give any more or less of a power boost to the incoming monarch than a blow-up herring. Thank you to all our voluntary subscribers on this week's Wall of Fame. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.